Hey, it's Chris Urban. Welcome to the Triple Clicks Video Game Marketing Podcast. All my friends know my shoe passion is almost as big as my gaming passion. So I was super excited to have a conversation with the king of shoe unboxing, Jacques Slade, also known as Cousteau. From all his unboxing videos to hosting Hard Pass on YouTube, as well as his newly announced The Kickback Show for Snapchat, no one is putting out more quality content on shoes or a culture than Jacques. We had a great conversation about how he got started as a content creator for YouTube, his top five favorite shoes, what it was like to explain sneaker storytelling to Jeff Goldblum, and we even dug into his early rap career. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Jock Slade, king of sneaker unboxing, uh, I believe sneaker documentarian, I think I saw somewhere as well. Uh, Thanks for taking the time. No problem. No problem. Thanks for having me. I was going to start this thing with like a yo, 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 hey guys, what's popping? But (laughs) I didn't want to fall into the howdy doody uh, Jeff Goldblum mistake. So, uh, which we'll get to, but uh, so trying to open it up. Yeah, that was so good. That was a great moment. Um, so for those who don't know you, the, the, uh, the king of YouTube, uh, unboxing sneakers, uh, for anybody into sneakers, everyone knows who you are. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to, I want to go back a little bit, the rap career. Yeah. KU, I saw the rap album yeah. that was out there. Uh, tell me about that. How did, like, what, what was the, uh, what was the emphasis of that before we got into the YouTube world? What were you, uh, what were you working on? So my goal, my goal originally was to be a rapper, uh, you know, junior high, high school, early college, like rap is, is what I wanted to do. Held ciphers in my dorm room. Um, mm. and actually, actually, I still talk to those guys. Um, <laughs> I was part of a group called Nuff Said. Then I was part of a group called the Rat Pack. Um, and then I started doing music on my own. I've done some music with a live band. There was like this like jazz rock fusion band called Vajra. Uh, we performed at like the house of blues and a bunch of different places. Um, but music, music is my first love. Uh, it still kind of pings at me, uh, every once in a while, uh, to get back into it. But, uh, I've kind of, I don't want to say I've left it behind, but it's, it's definitely, it's a part of me and will always be a part of me. Um, but it's something I definitely enjoyed. And, um, I, I don't think I've had as much fun, as I've had, you know, rocking on stage with a live band with like a drummer and a bass guitarist and a trumpet player and a guitar player. It's just like that energy is insane. Talk about the, talk about the journey. You've had a ton of success in that space, but in a very different way. Um, talk about how, how you got the, how the success came about. Yeah. So, um, I did an album on my own, uh, called before the hype and it didn't do very well, unfortunately. Um, but uh, a lot of music supervisors in the, in the uh, television industry found out about it. And that resulted in me doing a lot of stuff for television and film. Um, I think one of the earliest things that I did was for the movie Walk Hard. Um, so there's a song that um, called You Make Me So Hard in that movie of a rapper mm-hmm. that, that, does the, that does like a remix of one of his songs. So I wrote that song. Um, and then as a result of that, they actually put me in the movie as well. Uh, so I am, I'm the actual rapper playing the role of a rapper in the, <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> um, from there that led, I did another, uh, like Hollywood thing for this movie called drill bit Taylor, yep. uh, which I'm sure I'm not sure a lot of people have saw, but the, as a result of that, um, I had to teach the kids on set how to freestyle, how to freestyle rap. 
Um, and so that went there and like things kind of just kind of cascaded from there for the pilot of community. Um, I really, I, I knew the music supervisor on the show and I wanted to be a part of the show just because I really uh, liked the idea and the concept of it. And, um, so I did a song for the, um, for the pilot of the show, just talking about the show, just cause I had heard about the show. And as a result of that, I got a song on the pilot and then I did a couple of songs throughout the years on that show. Um, I was on that show for, uh, for an episode, uh, again, playing a rapper. Um, and then from that, just stuff, random places, new girl, a couple of movies, um, some Brooklyn stuff on HBO. Nine Nine. And then, uh, finally Brooklyn nine, nine came along. Um, and how that happened was they originally used one of my songs for the pilot episode and they really loved the pilot episode. And then, um, they really loved the song in the pilot episode and they ended up making it a part of the, um, the theme song. So the theme song that you hear is actually a part of my song and a song that the composer, um, created like mashed together with my song. Um, and that's how the, the Brooklyn nine, nine credit came along. So I, I have a credit as the co-writer for the theme song. That's amazing. That's fun. I mean, I think it's definitely a different path, but I, I love how you chased, uh, chase the success on it and like how you crack through on some of those things. So that's really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. So how did, you know, how did you get into shoes? Were you always a shoe guy? So you're in college, you're rapping. Um, what was the, where did the passion, what was your first pair? Like where did the passion come from? Yeah. So the, the passion for shoes came from basketball. So basketball was the, uh, the, the, the spark for shoes for me. Um, I just, I, I grew up playing basketball. Um, my older cousin who I just worshiped as a kid was really good at basketball, really great in high school. And like me and my younger cousins, like he was like our idol and he wore the coolest shoes. All of his friends wore the coolest shoes. They were all really good in basketball. And so like, that's kind of, that's where the, the initial spark for shoes came for me just because I loved basketball. I loved what they were doing. I watched them dunk. I wanted all the clothes that they had on. I wanted the shoes that they wore kind of thing. Uh, and so that's kind of where that came from. And uh, it just grew as I got more into basketball and started playing more myself and learning about the performance of basketball shoes and things like that. And obviously Michael Jordan. And then, you know, you have guys like Charles Barkley and Penny Hardaway and Magic Johnson and like all of these guys. And then they're having their, they have their shoes. And so all of that stuff just kind of builds into your world. And like, it was always, I would say a secondary, so almost third part of my world until 2010, when I started writing for a website um, that focused on sneakers. And that's when I really got to dig in. And that's when it became what it is now, just from, just from that being able to really dig in, do the research and find out more, talk to designers, talk to athletes, you know, talk, talk to brand managers and people at the brands before I didn't have that sort of access. But when I started writing about them, that gave me that access. And then that just turned up the, the, the thirst for knowledge when it comes to sneakers to 100. Yeah. It just gives you that injection in the blood and just got you rolling. Like I, I remember absolutely. I was a huge Jordan fan in junior high and high school, like when the originals were coming out. And uh, so I was super into shoes, but I wasn't crazy. I didn't have a crazy collection and I ran GameWorks 
in Seattle, I launched GameWorks wow. and they, they put a Nike town right next to me. Um, and the manager for the Nike town gave me a pair of Air Max 95s. Uh, and I was off, nice. like I was off and running. Like I, I was, I, so deep from that point on. And so, um, yeah, I just, you just need that spark to kind of get your, get your passion rolling, which is funny. How did you, um, Air Max 95 is a beautiful shoe, man. Uh, it's one of my, it's still the like everybody else, the, the, the ones, the threes, the 11s and the 95s were kind of, that's, you know, I'm, I'm deep, maybe not as deep as you, I'm deeper than everybody else, probably not you. Um, but yeah, that's, (laughs) I, you know, I'm, I'm three figures on the, on the 95 still is still one of my favorite shoes ever. How, um, how did, what, what website were you working with? Is that with complex or was that before complex? That was before complex. So this was with I was, that was with Kicks on Fire originally. Okay. Um, and then um, and then I started doing freelance stuff for Complex uh, a couple of years later. How, how did you uh, how'd you land at Complex? Uh, complex. So from when I was working at Kicks on Fire, um, a couple of years later, when I wasn't there, I, I left Kicks on Fire and I started just doing freelance work for them. And so I would, I would write articles for them. I would go to press events and stuff like that for them and do interviews. And I even shot early video for them as well. Um, before they really had a, a, a full on video team, uh, I was one of the guys that was helping them create content about sneakers. Oh, that's funny. My friend, Mark Fernandez, uh, he was at, he did the Grand Theft Auto stuff and then he went over to Complex and we became friends when I was at EA Sports, we became friends with Mark Echo. And, uh, that's how I met Mark Fernandez. I think he was leading kind of a lot of that where it, the evolution of where they went with video, uh, into the, yeah. into the produce shows and everything. So uh, it's good, good people there for sure. Um, so after Complex, you actually kind of struck out, do your own thing. Now you're running everything yourselves. How, how was, uh, how'd you jump onto YouTube and how did that, uh, you know, the, the, the huge kind of play, how did that work out? So I started, uh, doing YouTube stuff for kicks on fire. So back in 2010, it was actually March of 2010. I posted a, a video for them, um, called, uh, the week in sneaks where I kind of covered all the main stories in the sneaker world for that week in a, in a video form. It was kind of like my version of entertainment tonight, but it was, <laughs> it was sneakers. Um, and so like, that's where I got started. And back then, back in 2010, no one was really doing that sort of content. There were guys doing sneaker content, but no one had, put it had made it like a host relationship i guess with sneakers it was more like these are mine as opposed to treating it as a host and news sort of format uh when it came to the sneakers and so that really positioned me separately from everyone else that was doing sneaker content on on youtube like this was this was before complex started doing it before uh nice kick started doing it it was just really i just happened to to be lucky enough to get in early enough and and start doing it and that really kind of catapulted me in the uh, within the sneaker community and with the brands because there was no one else really doing that sort of content at the time. And after that, uh, I ended up leaving those brands and started doing it on my own. So in 2013, I started doing it on my own. In February of 2013, I put up a video on my own channel and um, things have just been growing more and more ever since then. It's been, it's been really... Um, incredible I, I i never expected it to turn out the way that it is and uh but i'm happy it did for sure yeah I, I watched i just i literally because of the last dance and everything that's going on when i saw your michael when you were at michael jordan's house i had to watch and, and check that out and then i saw the views on that thing were crazy i think you're like over 16 million on that um yeah. tell me about that experience what what was that about yeah, so that was for the Jordan, I believe it was the Jordan 29 or the Jordan 30, one of those 
too. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jordan wasn't there. And it, they did the, la- the launch and the release in Chicago. And we're driving around Chicago. And then um, they said, we're going to have one more stop. And um, they actually took us to his house. And this was, I mean, if you look at my channel, this was like the first quote unquote vlog that I really ever did in that style. And uh, yeah, it just, it just took off. Um, but to be honest, it didn't take off at first. Uh, the first, it probably didn't take off until like six to nine months after it was already on YouTube. Oh, wow. I think, I think initially it did maybe 50,000 views or something like that, maybe 60,000 views. And then out of nowhere, like nine months later, it just started getting views and more and more and more. And then I think it just kind of caught fire because people saw that so many people watched it. And so that is what intrigued them to watch it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because like, it doesn't really have a lot of Jordan's actual house. It's more of his, his gym <laughs> yeah. and us playing basketball and he's not in it either. Um, so it, it's, it's really peculiar. I, I'm, I'm super grateful that it is, that it's done so well because it's provided tons of opportunities for me, but I have, I had no idea that it would do any sort of numbers the way that it has. Like there's no, I couldn't even fathom that. I saw all the other kids in the video kind of capturing content as well. And I just look, you know, I watched it late obviously. And I just look at those kids and none of you guys are getting 16 million views on the videos you're shooting. Like you're <laughs> like, you guys you right. crush that number. Like, yeah, which is insane. Cause we all captured most for the most part, the same content. We were all, we were all there. It was me, uh, kick Genius was there. Nightwing was there. Uh, Fomer Simpson was there. I think Bleacher Report was there. Uh, like Sports Illustrated. Uh, like all of these other outlets were there as well. And for some reason, mine just resonated with the public. Yeah, it was all it was all big names, right? I mean, those great yeah. great people there. So that's so funny. One of my favorite things that I saw you do was like I I get Disney Plus day one. Um, I see Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum does a show, and I'm like, oh, he's going to talk about sneakers. This will be really interesting. Uh, yeah. And halfway through the show, uh, you show up. Uh, how fun was that? Tell tell me how that how that came about. Uh, that was really fun. So uh, I had no idea initially that it was going to be Jeff Goldblum. So the company that did it just said that they were doing a documentary on consumer culture in America and sneakers was one of the things they wanted to talk about. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd be happy to talk to you guys about that. Um, so it wasn't probably until maybe two or three weeks before we were supposed to shoot that I found out like, Oh, well, Jeff Goldblum's doing the show and um, we were going to shoot here, but can we shoot at your house in your studio? And so I was like, yeah, sure. Of course. Jeff Goldblum's coming to my house. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <of course. laughs> um, and it, it happened re- pretty much just like you saw it there. Um, he came, he came in, obviously my family was here cause they were all super excited and he was as kind as you would want to be, um, to them. Um, they, you know, my family asked to take pictures with him. He was super gracious. Um, we met at the bottom of the stairs, shook hands, and then he came upstairs and, uh, I went through the whole process, explained to him, broke it down for him. Um, tried to, I tried to, the part of it was, you know, as a, as one of the representatives of sneaker culture, um, I, I try to 
provide the art and the insight and the 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 background to sneakers as well i don't I, I try never to make it like oh this is just a cool piece of leather and it's hyped up so i wanted to kind of explain to him the history and they didn't a lot of that didn't make it into the final cut um but i think it was enlightening for him to see that you know there's there's an art to all of this like i'm not just in my in my loft at my house shooting videos about sneakers like i'm taking into consideration how I tell the story, how I like the product, how I, you know, how the story arcs. Like I'm taking all those things you take account to as a character uh, when you're acting on a TV show or in a movie, I'm doing that same thing here. It just so happens that my, my medium is YouTube and sneakers, whereas your medium is television and film. And so I wanted to make sure that all of that came across and he was very receptive to it and very understanding and, and opened up to it a lot. So that was really exciting for me and, and happy to see him to take that sort of interest in sneakers. It was interesting to see him host it because he did look authentically interested in all the topics on the series. Um, yeah. But I could just see how excited he was about the shoe piece and, um, and how serious he was kind of taking it, which I, you know, as a fan, I appreciated that even going to the convention and, and, and watching people buy shoes and trade shoes. And, and it was just yeah. such a interesting way for him to kind of dig into that. Yeah, it was it was really great. I'm I'm really I'm really happy to how how the how the episode came out, and um, even like the rest of the episodes, you see he, he shows a genuine interest, and he is just as quirky as he appears on the videos. Like he's that is who he is in real life. So it's very it's very nice. Your reaction to the Howdy Doody was so authentic. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally one of my favorite parts of the show. We like, no, you can't. I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna let you do that. Like, we gotta, we gotta get you an intro, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta get, we gotta get you some, some, somewhere. Howdy Doody's not gonna cut it. That's right. Uh, I think we first met. I said, I, you did a video for us, which is still one of my favorites. That of all the stuff I sent out, my favorite video ever was the uh, unboxing of the Steph Curry lab that we did with under armor the xbox uh the launch of yeah. the xbox one x thing so I, that was the first time that we've worked together i we you know we got you that and you've done some stuff how um how did you get i know before that you were already doing xbox and kind of getting into gaming how did you get into the gaming side how do you pivot from shoes to gaming um, I'm, I don't know if it's necessarily a pivot. It's just, I think that's just a natural extension of my world. Okay. Um, as you, you know, from, from basketball and sneakers, um, I think that crowd, the people that are interested in that stuff mm-hmm. are generally the same people that are in, in the sneakers. I mean, that are into video games. Like that's, that's the same, they, they keep company, um, mm-hmm. as I like to speak. Um, and so I think for me, it just, it was a natural extension of, of who I was and, and who the sneaker community is a lot. I, I spent a lot of time time in college playing video games um like more than i'm i'm probably i should admit um and and that why that's why like for me it was it was just a natural part of things that that i would talk about just because it was it was something that that was endemic to me yeah no i I think that makes a ton of sense i couldn't agree more on the shoe thing when i when i was at ea sports i think we we were kind of the first to really do custom video game shoes we did um we brought tim tebow in and we got i think we got his first nike deal because we had put him on the cover of uh, ncaa football and kind of did a partnership around that stuff and we actually did shoes for manny pacquiao and uh drew Brees and, and lots of guys so that community definitely overlaps and the and the music industry as well like snoop yep. is hardcore esports fan supporter 
all the music that we used to have on the soundtrack was from guys who were asking to be on the soundtracks because they were so passionate about gaming. So, you know, that, that the merge of culture between sports and musicians and, and gaming and sneakers is, it's just fascinating how that kind of all kind of came together. Yeah, I remember uh, when I was doing music, um, we did a couple of video game soundtracks. Gosh, I don't, I have to look it up to find out which ones they were, but this was, um, I think this is kind of when that, that was just starting to happen. Um, I think it was, co- it was, it was a college basketball games. We did a couple of college basketball games. Oh, you probably um, did those. Yeah. Probably worked with Steve Schnur, who was our music director. It was Sabelle and Rafi and those guys. They, we used to do all the different soundtracks. We always put, we had new artists on those guys all the time. It was yep. for us to get the big name artists. We had to take the new up and coming artists. So like, uh, you know, we, we put, um, Fall Out Boy and Good Charlotte on Madden soundtracks before they had a record deal. Um, and kind of blew those guys out. So yeah, music was always a, I mean, being on the soundtrack of Madden back in the day was the equivalent to like a billion radio plays. Um, so music was always friendly with, with what we were trying to, what we were trying to build and do. Uh, what are you playing now? Is there anything, any specific games you're into? Um, right now, just 2k. I've, I have yet to play Warzone. I keep saying, okay, I'm going to play Warzone tonight. Mm-hmm. And I just, <laughs> and I just, ha- I just never get around to playing it. Like here, I've been saying it this whole, this whole time that we've been, uh, been at home and like, all right, yo, I'm getting into Warzone tonight and I'll end up working, uh, working on something until like eight or nine o'clock. And then it's like, ah, I just want to eat dinner and relax. And I don't really want to really want to play anything. So yeah, I haven't. Uh, outside of outside of playing 2k a few times i haven't really dug into anything else which is which is really sad uh, i'm having the same experience i have nine-year-old twin boys um and i've got call of duty i've got the call of duty i haven't even played the first player mode yet and i've got the star wars game that's supposed to be spectacular and i can't not play fortnite with my kids I, i'm stuck um it's yeah. we're having fun on that I watched your video the other day, just destroying the Air Jordan One and how popular it is, and we need to dial back. In the <laughs> and then I see all the Air the Air Jordan Ones on the channel and all this stuff because you're you're as passionate as I am about that shoe. Um, if you had to give me your top five shoes all time, what are your uh, what are your top five? Oh goodness, uh, I would say um, Air Max ninety five, Air Jordan One, um, Air Jordan Three. Um, Converse Chuck Taylor. Mm, okay. And um what else? Um I kind of want to say the um so the Air Jordan 11 kind of fits in that conversation as well. Um but um I really like the uh the Sheltos. Uh Sheltos have always just kind of been a classic sneaker that I, that I've uh, that I've been drawn to as well. Yeah. Well, our lists are very similar. I, I would trade the shell too for the Stan Smith. I was a huge Stan Smith fan. All the ideations of those things. Um, advice for people uh, they are trying to get into your game. Uh, obviously we see so many people kind of, you know, chasing kind of celebrity now through videos yeah. and, and building that out. What's advice for someone to really grind and, and to get to, a, you know, obviously a professional serious level that you're at. What are advice you can give these kids? Uh, for me, it would just be, make sure you use your own voice. Um, 
like, don't worry about getting started um, and what it's going to look like at first. Uh, my first video is terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I, ha- I have no problem admitting that um, because it gives me something to compare to. I can look at that first video that I did for Kicks on Fire in March of 2010 and look at the content that I'm creating now and I can see the progression. Um, but along with that progression became knowledge. It came insight that, that taught me how to create better, that, that forced me to create better. Um, but I wouldn't have that if I didn't initially start. So one, start. And then again, use your own voice. Um, I mimicked a lot of people when I first got on, but as I grew, I started to bring my own voice into it. And I think that's what people really want to see. They want to see who you are and why you think about this thing in a certain way. And it takes you being able to, and to being brave enough and courageous enough to be like, Hey, this is my voice. This is my opinion. And speaking on that. And I think, and I think people really relate to that, um, about the, the, you being you. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. Uh, publishing, like you see so many people are like, oh, it's just not good enough yet or it's not published yet. You know, I'm not polished enough yet. Yeah. You just, you just got to put it up there and, and you just got to be ready to, to, to get the feedback, but just evolve, which I think that's yep. a beautiful statement. Where can, um, what are your channels? Where can everybody find you? Um, they can find, uh, youtube.com forward slash Cousteau. So everything is Cousteau for me on the internet, which is K U S T O O. Um, and it's every, everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, I think it's even Facebook, Snapchat, um, TikTok, uh, Bumble, Tinder, all those places. Now Cousteau, K U S T O O everywhere, all over the web. Perfect. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. 